Okay, can y'all hear me? Yes. What's up, guys? What's going on? Hey, man. So you know Joel. Hey. I'm I'm Eric. Uh, we are together. When our powers unite, we become the Lost End Podcast, and then bump <laughs> fists and all, and the magic happens. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, where you at? Where Where you from? I'm in Texas. Ah, uh, Texas. Texas. Cool. Yeah. Um, the the basic format of what we usually do is kind of talk about like how you grew up and like what you kind of like what your belief system was and then like how you got into like whatever i think for you it was like you know psychedelics and shit and like how they shit you, you know not just just like what you did but like what you saw and how it changed you and then we kind of talk about stuff from there does that make sense to you yeah i wasn't quite sure what i'll get myself into here but hey that's the that's the way i kind of like it man i like to Kind of go in not knowing what to expect. Now nah, we're winging it, man. It's, yep. it's, it's supposed to be a casual conversation. So that's that's kind of where we are. So we kind of did the welcome. We did all that stuff. So, uh, you know, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and uh, how you grew up in Texas and like what what kind of shaped you into who you were when you were younger uh, before you got into these uh, other experiences? Uh, I really am a guy that came from nothing, man. I... Had a pretty hard uh, childhood, as I think most of us have, you know, uh, yep. dealt with a lot of stuff that I probably um, wouldn't be the man, actually definitely wouldn't be the man that I am today without going through it, no matter how traumatic or bad it was at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up here in Texas for the most part. I lived in Oklahoma throughout high school. Uh, my parents were split up, so kind of a back and forth type of deal. When it comes to how I molded into who I am today was not so much of past endeavors, man. I, I think whenever I finally became a person that knew who I was, was whenever I realized right now is what matters. Like the past, it does mold you and it does add on to your characteristics, in my opinion, you know, but I, I focused a lot. I, I feel like a lot of people get stuck in the past and feel like they have to be a certain way or have certain traits or do certain things because they've seen certain things. And really, I don't know, man, it's kind of a double-sided blade because I'm kind of taken away from uh, the true impact that past can have on you, past trauma or experiences that you've been through. I guess what I'm trying to say is <clears throat> I don't really talk uh, too much about how the past made me who I am because I was more of a person that focused on being who I am today for the things that I have today, if that makes sense. Cause I saw so many of my friends that just basically rolled over and accepted that they didn't deserve anything better because of what they've been through. So that question for me, is kind of hard to answer because I've avoided it my whole life. Almost. I've almost uh, just looked forward. If that makes sense. I've been through some, uh, I don't want to go into details on it uh, on here, probably too graphic, but I've been through some, some pretty, pretty bad shit so maybe it's a defense mechanism honestly and i try to make it sound sophisticated so before i mean i guess the, the things you don't want to get into the dark things and your past like i mean where was your mind at like what was your outlook on life and what did you think was was left for you honestly i was ready to wreck myself and everything around me at any point so you know how we're talking about or what got me into even being on this podcast was the experience that i had with my my uh, trip. So I like that we're talking about a past story first because this part's really important about the entity that I met inside of me. I don't even know what you would call it, the dark version of me. 
right before I met Sarah, the one I'm saying that changed me and we had kids and stuff, I got assault and battery on seven or eight police officers. I just went crazy. I don't remember any of it. I blacked out. They said that it was like something took me over. They said I had a smile on my face that it was just fun to me. I, anybody, any man that came towards me, I was trying to body slam. I was fighting boxing, uh, everything that I could, but I was having fun about it. It wasn't in like a aggressive, I'm angry at everyone way. It was fun for me. And they said it was just like a, a switch had flipped inside me. So to talk about where I was before I got over that hill, I was, uh, I was nowhere, man. I was stuck in a limbo. And honestly, the darkness just kind of swept around me at all times. Like I was, I was always a positive person and I was always passing positivity on to others uh, and hoping the, the best on everyone else. But I would have to say at that point in my life, I didn't hope the best on myself because I didn't think it existed, if that made sense. You know, I'd, I'd given up on the idea of something better waiting uh, behind this door, something better going to happen around this corner because I've been shown so many times that really it was all just a, a trick, pretty words to keep you running in the race. And I, that's from that, like a, from like a, like a, where you could go in life. Is that kind of what you mean? Like you felt like as far as like a career or from what, what part did you feel hopeless in? Man, it, just myself in general. That's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't even, uh, I wasn't focused on a career because I didn't think that it meant anything. You know what I mean? I wasn't focused on finding someone to love anymore. Like uh, after my firstborn son, after me and his mom split up, which was a, a real bad deal, I just kind of gave up. And that's what I'm getting at. Like when it comes to hopes and dreams and any field that you want to put it, in, whether it be um, just things that I want to go do, traveling, whatever, I didn't think about any of that stuff. Like I didn't even sit down and consider it uh, when it came to a career or if I wanted to have more kids or if I was going to get married or own a house someday. All the things that I soon found again, thank God, you know, or, or thank goodness, whatever. Whatever um, works. I guess what did you think that uh, was was for you? Like why didn't you feel like any of that was w- worth fighting for? I mean, I guess definitely like not all the physical yeah. things are as important, but I guess what kind of caused you to like – lose yourself like as far as like the, I don't know your will to, to to make magic happen for yourself and do good for yourself so that I guess the darkness uh, that I'd been through growing up man like uh, beyond my parents being uh, kind of off the deep end and never around I also I don't talk about this often but I, I I'm not gonna get on a podcast and not you know do my part to fill in the questions and and be an example for people to come forward and talk. I had a cousin that was like six years older than me, maybe seven, bigger, bigger guy. And let's just say he was, he was pretty evil and twisted and uh, did really bad things to me often. Like my dad worked offshores for a month. I stayed with uh, him and his dad, which his dad was a crazy drug addict and didn't watch over anything. So I was literally safe nowhere. You know, I, where I was the least safe is places where you think you have privacy, like the bathroom taking a shower, using the bathroom, you know, stuff like that. And whenever you have somebody that's in your family that should be watching after you and helping you as a kid, like as a grown man, you know, I see it as almost a a little version. It's not even me, you know, that that stuff happened to. Like, I feel sorry for this kid that went through it. I don't, it it doesn't really stick with me anymore. Yeah. Let it go. But back in that day, that's what kind of made me give up, man, because 
when you have someone that is literally your blood, your family, which is happening all over the place when you stop and think about it. You know, it's not just some something that stumbled upon me. It's something that's happening probably right now uh, to people who are taking advantage of those that they should be watching after, man. And they take away that hope for humanity. They take away that hope for oneself. And yeah. that's yeah. I, I couldn't feel safe around somebody that should have been there to take a bullet from me like I would do for any of my family. But instead, uh, that person put me in the darkest place, made me feel the most helpless and uh, disgusting, did things to me that for years and years and years, I couldn't get out of my head, man. Like it was like constantly in my head at all times, like to the point to where I almost got used to it. You know, uh, reminds me of lyrics that I heard from one of the songs by Blue October, uh, one of their popular ones, um, like cockroaches leaving uh, trails of porno in your head or something like that. Like talking about how when you go through certain experiences, man, it's like you almost get infested with thoughts that you can't keep out. It's an infestation. And it's just, man, when that happens to you out of nowhere all the time, it doesn't matter if you're stopping and uh, looking at a, get a new vehicle or going on a hiking trip. It doesn't matter. Like, and that shit can hit you and affect you the way that it affected me. Um, you don't really have hope for tomorrow or today. You just have hope that you can not exist anymore, that you don't have to feel anything anymore, that maybe nobody wants you anymore. And so you make it a goal to not plan for a future not hope for something and be noticed and um, bring yourself to attention. You almost want to evaporate into nothingness. Yeah. Like your, like your innocence and your child, like the hope that you had was, was taken away in that innocence and then whole safety nets just yeah. taken out from under you, no cushion remaining yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yep. No more bulletproof vest. Yeah. Until, until I found it again. And now I have the biggest bulletproof vest you could find, man. You know, like that's, that's the beautiful thing of it. You get two choices are again, in my opinion, there's a lot of opinions out there, but so, you get two choices when it comes to trauma and bad experiences that happen to all of us. It's going to be in different ways, but it happens to all of us. You can either deal with the pain and, and handle it. Know it's going to hurt and it's going to cause some problems, but you can turn those things into strengths. You can, you can add armor on with it too, instead of just being broken and give up. And that's why I'm so glad I found the woman that I did because the changing point for me, well, we're about, I don't know, two years into dating. I didn't know anything was wrong, but I was, I was still kind of stuck in that nothingness, nothingness. I didn't want to do anything for myself. Um, I was great to her. You know what I mean? Like I treated her like a queen and everything, but I, uh, I had no ambition to do something for myself, like to become something of myself. And, you know, we, we were talking and she was about to move out and I, I told her, man, you know, this is just who I am. I, I, I can't just fix that. And she said, Tyler, you're the only one that can fix that. And seeing as you think that way, that's why I can't be with you. And that hit me like a ton of bro uh, bricks, man. Like it hit me and it was like, holy shit. I do have the, the ability to change. I do have the ability to just rise above this and not be uh, this man that was knocked down years ago. Like you just have to find the strength to get up and go on. And once you show yourself after going through something like that, that you can, matter of fact, get up and go on and, and probably walk further than you ever would have been able to before. You find, uh, I don't know, man, a sense of tranquility in the world. Like it, it's something that I would never give up. I wouldn't change what had happened to me because of what I have right now. 
Yeah, a positive outlook will change everything through manifestation as soon as you embrace that you can make a difference in your own life. Uh, not saying that, you know, anything is is done to you because of anybody else's, uh, or to say that, like, you are the cause of anything, like, through positive or negative manifestation, but just, um, you know, rising to the point where you're like, no more, I can't, I can't do this anymore, and, and start to tell yourself more positive things and try to make your life better, then you can actually start to make an, uh, an improved difference. Yeah. Yep. So that was the changing point for you when, when you met your, your current wife. Yes. That, that, that was my changing point, man. That, I don't know. It gave me the, the strength just being around her. And, uh, like I said, we've been together for 10 years now and she's my best friend, man. Like most people, they get around us. They can't even, hardly believe it because we really are we don't we don't ever bicker we just get along great and i never thought that i would have that man like like i said i just thought that i was uh gonna be someone that just barely existed through life like i, I didn't plan on having anything else so having someone as, as as amazing as her come along and and show somebody as damaged as me that i'm worth it hell it gave me confidence it gave me um hope it, it, it gave me a smile again and that's that was my changing point yes as as small that's the small things man well that's that's amazing man and i'm uh i gotta say i've been really impressed by the music that you've been making on tiktok and that's that's kind of why i wanted to reach out to you uh and and you you jumped on our our uh live last time we were doing the podcast recording here um yes first of all uh Really sorry that you had to endure all that that pain in the early part of your life, and I'm uh, glad you're still here, man. Appreciate that, man. I appreciate yeah. it. So you had the rough childhood, and you know that kind of that innocence torn away. Your your optimism kind of smashed. Then you said you you moved on uh, into a darker place. Where if you don't want to get into details, that's fine. Kind of mentioned uh, fighting cops with a smile on your face. Uh, but besides that, like. Uh, you'd mentioned too that like you had an encounter maybe with an entity or something that that also helped kind of shape your life and change what you thought. So the the whole cop thing that wasn't uh, like go out and get rowdy type of thing. I'm actually the type that uh, yes sir I, I'm not gonna try to fight back. It's stupid. I was belligerent drunk. God went out to a party with a f- couple friends of mine and they thought I had alcohol poisoning, so they took me into the hospital and that's when everything broke loose. I got jumped. Like two months before that, I got my jaw broken. They kicked one of my teeth in and it kind of left me with, uh, I think it gave me some PTSD too. So whenever I was drunk, they're trying to zip tie me to this bed and they said that I kept breaking out of them and they had to call the cops and to come help. And that's whenever everything went down. Like, I don't remember any of it. I was so embarrassed when I woke up from that. I just wanted to clarify on that. Like I never went through a stage to where I, I never really lashed out, man. Like that's one thing that I can say. I didn't take my anger or my darkness out on anyone. Like, I, I only try to lift others up. Like I really, I stand by that. I was the, the this type what, that see what, wanted to see people be happy. That's what I got, you know. Like one day, just under substances, those things can kind of surface themselves. Was that kind of a rock bottom for you? Did that change everything after that day? I mean, honestly, no. I, I didn't drink after that. You know what I mean? Like I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. I guess is. Uh, and I didn't drink much before that, but to me, that whole deal was just kind of a fluke. I didn't believe in blacking out before that. I thought it was like an excuse that people would do because they acted like idiots, but it's a damn real thing, you know, to black out. And I was a complete different person 
And that's why I, the reason I brought that story up at all is because the whatever we want to call it, the thing that was inside of me that night, because that's what, man, I the wish darkness. that I had a recording of the police officers like that were talking to me. They're freaking me out. They're like, man, you had to have been on PCP or something. They were going to drug test you. They found THC and alcohol in my, in my system, but nothing else. But they're like, you had to have been on like PCP or something. They're asking me if I had military training and all this. Like, uh, they, I was completely coherent or something came and took over is what I'm trying to say. That was ungodly strong. And, uh, Dude, I, I didn't get to see it, but I got to hear the stories from the nurses and the the cops. Like, I'm from a small town, so I knew the guys. And mm -hmm. the one that – she wouldn't even look at me anymore after that. I went to apologize to him. He would not even look me in the eyes. He, he just left. Like, I, I heard so many crazy stories about myself and all these things that I did. They're like, man, if you were that drunk, there's no way you would have been fighting all them off like that and still going and, and – uh being able to to push that long, man, like you you have to remember it. And it's like, I really don't. I don't remember any of it. And I strongly believe, I know it sounds crazy, man, but I, I believe that there is something inside me, man. I don't like calling it dark because the encounter that I had with it, it basically had said things that made me believe it wasn't. Like it, it, it was just a little rough around the edges. Like it, it's something inside of me that's learning from my walk of life. And he will take over at some point. And if I let him walk too soon, he will cause nothing but chaos. That's what he told me, man. It gave me chills. He said, if you ever, like, he told me that whenever the whole assault and battery thing went on, that was me. That was the damage that I will cause. And uh, it's nothing to do with you. He basically told me that I was an empty vessel, that I was, I was nothing but someone keeping his seat warm, basically. So who told you and how did you, how did you get this message? Can you kind of explain that? Cause you, I don't, I can't say who told me because I didn't, it, it, I didn't know how to explain him, man. Like it was just a, you could tell it was a humanoid type of person or a, maybe just a person, but it was all darkness. Like I don't, in what like, state I, were you when this happened? Like what set the scenario? Like, when when you heard this and you understood this like where were you and what were you doing like how did you how did you hear this voice yeah it it was uh the dmt of course that did that i was hallucinating but when uh, when was this was this like when like before you were fighting the cops or like when did you actually do this and start experiencing these things no it was about three months after i got the assault and battery i ended up leaving my town okay. i couldn't be there anymore. So I moved to Norman and that's where I met my wife as of right now. Uh, first time ever trying to hallucinogenic. It was with my neighbor that I became good friends with. He was upstairs. Um, so we went over there and we did it. And that's whenever I met the darker version of me. And I, is that, and that's, that's something you've done, but why did you decide that that was something you wanted to try? Like, what were you looking to get from that experience? Uh, my dad was a real big hippie. Okay. Um, he, he always told me, be responsible about it, but he, he always said, if you ever get the chance to try hallucinogenics, be sure that you're strong of mind at the moment, that you're not going through anything real bad, or if you are, just be prepared for that. You might learn the best lesson, but he always told me growing up, which that might that sounds kind of bad, but um, he did it in a responsible way, but he, he said, if you get the chance, try it. It'll change your life, and it does, man. It, it did. I've... I've uh, had a couple of experiences, one with DMT and one with acid. And 
and it, it really does alter the mind. So, so but going into um, that, like, you know, knowing that advice from your dad, especially like three months out from like, you know, that experience uh, with the police and in your, your history, did you feel like you were in a good mindset to go into that at the time? Like things were looking up or you still felt that darkness or was that something that was still pushed down? So you yeah, thought this was, was like going a, to be like a, a completely, yeah, healing and positive experience. No, I, I didn't know what to expect from it. I honestly didn't with the hallucin hallucinating, like the first time you do it, I don't know if y'all have done it. I, I mean, I have to assume, but yes. the first time, you, or at least for me, you don't know what to expect. You hear all these stories and all these things and really nothing prepares you for what's about to happen. So no, I didn't, didn't necessarily feel like I was in a better frame of mind, but I felt like I was at a more willing to see the signs frame of mind, w more willing to see where I need to go, what I need to do, and uh, maybe just reach for a miracle and and see the sign, man. And it it worked, you know, like it it really did. It it changed my path completely after meeting the whatever my passenger. Yeah, I was going to refer to it as Dark Passenger as well, and not to make it sound like Dexter or anything like that. But I got, I, I got the reference. I definitely feel I have felt that my my whole life uh, carrying with me also. And I used to call it Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Lover when I was drinking. But I never had, it wasn't like violent or anything like that, but it was like this sense of just darkness. It was my darker self, more of like a sadness and fear and like... Uh, the depths of myself that would come out sometimes. And it was like an internalized thing. Uh, it sounds like you externalized that, uh, that one time that you got uh, belligerently drunk in the, the blackout state. I mean, but do you feel like, I, I guess for both of you guys, cause I don't think I have that experience cause I'm pretty dark all the time. Uh, is that, <laughs> you know, is that really a separate piece or is it just a piece of you that get, you've kind of manifested by having these dark things that kind of bottle up, right? Yeah, I, I I would like to know, man. I, I would, I I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't like to know. Maybe it is exactly as it's supposed to be, and the the ability to sit here and say maybe it's this and maybe it's that is what makes us able to cope and go on and and uh I don't know be who we are. There's but, times that I wonder if I, I want to look any deeper into it. Uh, I thought about doing DMT again and just seeing, you know. But the experience that I got from that as life changing and good as it was like, uh, Oh yeah. Like you're talking about, um, the, the darkness and the sadness. So whenever I first started with this trip and met the dark passenger of mine, I would basically imagine be put in a, uh, in a car garage with all the lights off. It's a huge room. You can feel it. You can almost hear the echo in there, but I, I felt like I was right smack dab in the middle of the room and I couldn't see anything around me, but I could feel this fear, man, this, this, uh, uneasiness like i just wanted to run i wanted to run away from it i didn't know what it was i didn't hear anything at that see anything at that time but i feel like man's giving me chills thinking about this yeah um, me, me too man honestly like it sounds kind of similar to my near-death experience a little bit and, and another one that one of my uh one of the, a person that i've been talking to on tiktok described as well uh where they're they met like their their brother who passed away at a very young age but he was older in that same state with all darkness though. Uh, did you see anything around you inside this like kind of garage type in, enclosure? See, there's only one thing that was actually a visual and I don't still to this day, I think about it. I don't know what it meant. So before I was thrown into this, this huge empty room 
with this thing. Like before he came in, he, he just let me sit there and feel that. And he did come in and talk to me. He said, you feel that feeling that you feel right now of just wanting to run and that something really bad is going to happen. And I, I said, yeah, man, I feel it. And he said, if you ever let me walk, this is what everybody I encounter will feel. If, or if you let me walk before it's my time, this is what everybody that I encounter will feel. I'll cause nothing but chaos. So it was, he was like trying to give me a lesson, but yeah. to see else, the very beginning of it. So I had taken the hit, right? And because uh, we just did it in a, in a little bowl of bud and I'd taken a big old hit of it. And then all of a sudden it hit me and there was this, you know, like the Joker, uh, the Joker hat with the bells on it. Yeah. The gesture thing. Yeah. It was that, but it had three different faces, man. One was smiling, oh, one was fucking demonic looking, and the other one was just kind of like it had a face, but it at the same time you could call it faceless. Like it had the the shape of a face, like you could see the nose and stuff, but it had no characteristics to it. It was completely blank. So one that was smiling, but it didn't look like it was happy, like it almost more of like a menacing smile. One that was uh looked terrifying, and then one that was just kind of undescribable, but it was all it was all in one. As it was turning, you could see the different faces, and it had the hats on or the hat on, and that honestly stuck out to me. Just just that little bit of the vision that I had before I was thrown into that room stuck out to me more than anything. Man, I still can see the faces. I still can see the purple and gold hat. I can still see it rotating, but there's no body, no nothing. It's just a head, man. And, and in the middle of dark air, just slowly spinning to each face. And we've heard that jesters are seen pretty often. The clowns are seen pretty often in, on the DMT and ayahuasca trips and other things like that. People come out of it and say, you heard what you're supposed to hear. So whether it's dark or light, it's supposed to be the thing that you need to hear to make your life better. And yeah. uh, maybe some people need to uh, kind of be a little bit afraid of themselves, kind of check themselves a little bit. Is that kind of what it felt like, Tyler? Yep, that's a, you 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 hit it right on the nail, man. Yeah, yeah. but you you're so you're in the garage room, right? And then that's like the the place that you're transported to, right? You're not physically in a garage, right? No, yeah, I'm in, in an apartment, and I'm okay. not even really tripping heavy yet. So you, you're seeing these oh, yeah. guys, you're seeing those visuals, and you're already starting to see this gesture that's kind of like speaking to you and telling you what's up. Yeah, I'm just I trying to make the, sure we paint the picture because I I'm trying to keep yeah. up with all the things that are happening. <laughs> Yeah, so what I'm seeing of my friends, it's their faces, everything. This is before I start tripping. Like, I really start seeing my visuals. I look at them, and like like I said, one of my friends, his arms look like they're breaking. The other one, he looks like he's coming at me in like a, a strobe light motion. And then I look over at my wife, uh, and th I, this is like two months into knowing her. Her face is completely calm and bright, and I just crawled over to her and laid back on her, on her uh, lap. And that's whenever my trip started, right? As soon as I closed my eyes and laid back, that's when I saw the the gesture. The other part was just, uh, it was like a cool little sign that I got out of it too. And maybe it was what I wanted to see. But uh, even the two guys that I had known for years, like I couldn't look at them, man. Like they were freaking me out. And out of nowhere, this girl, I guess, you know, a, fact, uh, a fluctuation or whatever you call it, might have something to do with it. But um, I felt like it kind of gave me a sign on that too. It, it made me a... Uh, put more eggs into that basket. Like it was the, she was the only face that I could focus on that was calm. But uh, like I said, that was just like a little side note there. Yeah. Yeah. Before, before the actual trip started. Um, but yeah, after, after it happened, after the whole trip, I went outside to go get some fresh air and I can remember just thinking like what that, 
dark passenger was getting at was whenever I got belligerent drunk, I lost control and he came out or I came out. However, we want to look at this. Yeah. Um, from that day on, I, I have a very strong control on anything. Like I'm the type of person that I, I'll dabble around with stuff. Like I, I, I'm a pretty open-minded person, but I don't take things too far ever anymore. Like I, I have a, a switch that it just automatically goes off and I stay in a certain spot at all times out of fear of letting that, that fucker walk again, man. Like, How long was it, that experience? Was that that quick that you just basically like started, you know, say your friends, they're freaking you out. You're all of a sudden you're in that garage. Uh, you see the three, the three faced or two, two and a half faced jester. Uh, they should talk to you about making sure that like, you don't let them out again and kind of, around the bend tell you to keep control which again like i said i hear that a lot where people you know get the message that they need to hear and was it that quick and you were out or was it longer than that was there any other visuals or anything else that you felt from that no nope, it was that quick man it was it was a real intense it felt like 10 minutes a real intense 10 minutes and then i was almost just catching my breath man like i i felt like i'd been underwater once i came back to my my actual mind and uh that that was really all that I saw. The only things that I gathered from it, and there's no telling, man. I wonder what what else there was to be seen. You know, just like when you're going on a walk, like how much shit you miss that's right there beside you. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. that when you're hallucinating, like there's little fucking pieces in there that if you would only stop focusing on this three headed thing here and look this way, what you would have seen. That's the mind frame that I have now. That's why I want to kind of take a second try at it because. I mean, it sounded like in the end it was a therapeutic experience and maybe what you needed, but you know, there's no guarantee you're going to go in and, and take the tour the first time when you got some uh, kind of demons to fight through. Yeah, and see, uh, thinking back on it now, like just now, I'm like, why did I do that? Knowing that I'm in a bad spot, but really, to me, that was just another day, man. Like I, the song battery, like I, I didn't have to change up too much of my life. Like it was a, a, an embarrassing experience I, I did a little bit of time in jail but not much like the and they all worked with me really well on that so it wasn't like a life ruining situation or anything i think in my mind frame at that time like before i had gotten my shit together before i met sarah was hell when am i going to be in a good enough mind frame to do it you know what i mean when am i when is my life going to be and it's not like a pity pity me everything's hard like yeah. i just kind of myself in a certain path i had a certain you know you get what what you put in you you if you're sitting here expecting things to be bad and you just kind of accepted that damn right it's going to be bad you know like you're not you're not going to find the the happiness or the the will to fight for the things that you want and better yourself and so therefore i think it was kind of obsolete in that area on whether or not i was in a good frame of mind because it was just my frame of mind yeah and anytime that, before that how you tried to deal with those things like especially you know through court was there any court-ordered therapy or medication or sobriety that was was something that you tried uh before you got to this point no man i didn't and i i know it probably did me a lot of good i i don't know i have a really difficult way of looking at things because i don't know i have a hard time with like therapy and all that stuff like because it sounds like once you had this experience on dmt and wherever you had to face whether it was uh, something else or yourself like and you seem to come out like with a different attitude from that like what happened from there i found something that i didn't think i ever would man and it it's when you don't have it you appreciate it more than anything most people take it for granted and that's 
peace of mind, peace with mm-hmm. myself. I, it, I didn't realize how much um, missing that, that feeling had just weighed me down every day. When you're not at peace with yourself, man, and you don't have peace of mind, you get to the point, no matter what you're going through, that you just learn to deal with it and you get used to it and you just keep going through the motions. And sooner or later, you kind of forget that you're ever even in that situation. It just becomes your everyday deal. So I guess uh, the biggest thing that I can say that I got from it all and the biggest thing that changed from me is that I look at every day as a new way to find that peace of mind. Just like I stumbled across Sarah, man, I'd I didn't have any intentions of meeting her and she ended up being my next door neighbor and uh, things just kind of went from there. I was done with all of that stuff. I was, I was ready to just go be a damn, uh, I don't know if y'all have ever seen into the wild, but I yeah. uh, go, yes. yeah, we were talking about I'm that right the there other, right now. Even <laughs> that's where I was. Like I didn't want to be around anyone and uh, didn't really have any uh, want for myself to, need to be around anyone or to try to do anything. I just kind of want to disappear in the woods. And I guess that could be a peace of mind for some people, but I was, I was wanting wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't doing it to go find peace of mind. I was doing it just to, or wanting to do it just to go lose myself, I guess, give up. So since then, like things have been looking up and you've not decided to go back and visit that entity or whatever part of yourself you've seen before. Nope. I've, Never uh, really wanted to. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how I feel about it all. You know what I mean? Like, even when you go through stuff like that and you have uh, a trip or whatever, a big part of my brain was just like, ah, dude, you're just tripping, man. Like, but the I'm glad that there was the other side of my brain that held on to it because it, it that's what lets you learn a lesson. You know what I mean? And if nothing else, it's worth it for that, you know, to to kind of have a different hope that maybe there was something going on there. Maybe there's something was spiritual about it, but uh, no, I never really tried to reach out or find another way to get in touch with that entity because half of me just felt like it was a figment of my imagination. So I just kind of let it sweep on by. I, I held the words that came to me and the feelings that came to me very seriously. But when it came to the entity itself, I just, if it's real, I wanted to keep myself parted from it and you know, big part of me just felt like it was a figment of my imagination. Well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people, and I think we've talked about it before, like on here, have had bigger experiences. And I think that's why like psychedelics are more and more being used as medicine. But now like there's different programs that where you can be prescribed ketamine or uh, either in like a microdose or like in a session where you have to take three hours and kind of like lose yourself, put your, you know, to shut the lights off and like, like hide yourself a little bit. And then you just kind of journey through yourself and, and kind of let your mind kind of heal itself. And then when you're done, you're journaling and you're writing down how you feel. And you're kind of like, you know, either with a professional or kind of like journaling yourself and kind of figuring yourself out. So I don't think you can dismiss it that easily because it's still in that category of something that if it did something for you, it's useful. If it's real to you, I think that's all that matters. And the science of that is also interesting is that, you know, if you, you are, your brain is the, you know, the thing that's who you are, it's encased in this meat thing that is experiencing 
all the things through your senses. And that is what your brain interprets as real. When you're doing psychedelics and you're seeing these things, your brain interprets that exactly the same way. But it's almost like you've just taken a plug out of your brain and plugged it into itself. So it's like your brain's just experiencing something from within itself. So I don't know if that makes it any different, any less real than what we're experiencing now. So I don't think there's any reason to try and dismiss that because if it's if it's beneficial and it and it was real to you and it was what you needed to hear then it's important. Yeah, man, that's, that's deep. I'm not even doing hallucinogenics and you, you're making me feel like I'm tripping right now. <laughs> yeah, and I'll probably edit that out. I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> and, we, and now they're also saying that we, we definitely manifest our own reality. And if you think about that perception-wise, just like accepting where you're at, um, you, you will accept whatever situation you are in until you don't. Um, and then you change your world for the better or worse. Uh but everything is perception and our, our own realities are what we make. But they're, they're even saying that light and sound and everything around us is manifested like in our brains uh, through our own reality. Like we can also change things together uh, with more uh, like dual consciousness or shared consciousness of things around us uh, in our energy fields with each other when you're in a room with people and they you like can feel the energy of somebody who's off everybody can sort of feel that we do have like some extra senses that we don't really uh acknowledge as human beings sometimes but people are starting to come to terms with that being an actual science now and it's uh it's enlightening uh, to say the least but I that's think. what all those things are right even like dmt or like i said i did the the what is it the uh, the float chamber and things like that it's yeah. all about like trying to shut down the physical senses and like experience something else and like let those other things take over. And I think people that do those right, whether it's holistic breathing or whatever, they all, they all kind of have a similar experience. So like the fact that you can even have like something that's similar to a psychedelic experience without a substance is also very interesting. Yeah. It's hard to, to dismiss those things for sure. Yeah. I've, I've been, uh, it's been golden, honestly. Like I, I've, I've Feel like I'm living life better than I may deserve. You know, I don't have any complaints. I I look back on it now, man, and it's just I would have never thought I'd be where I am today. You know, but just a, a happy home and uh, my healthy, good kids, I, everything. I mean, I, I lived the picture perfect life, to be honest with you, or to me and my vision. And uh, yeah, that just makes me want to go tell every single kid that I see down and out. And you know, because when we're younger. We don't really quite grasp the, the idea that, hey, man, there's a lot of this road to go. It seems bad now, but mm-hmm. get through it. Keep going. It's going to get better. You'll be amazed at how much just three, four years are going to change. And you got hopefully a lot more than that to go. Out of everything, that's what made me or what makes me uh, kind of go for the hallucinogenic uh, support is because it really did, man. It, it changed my whole outlook on things. I went from somebody that basically just saw the whole world as a bunch of people that just didn't realize how shitty it is yet. Like, just give it a little while. You're going to find out like, uh, you know, y'all are still stuck in your happy little lives right now. And not again, like the way that I say things, it kind of sounds like I was this emo kid that was just real dark back then. But honestly, I just, uh, I'm a very, uh, realist type of person. Yeah. And you know, whenever the, evidence is in front of you all the time that's just kind of where my mind went it's something that 
makes me really grateful, man, to, to look back and think I could have really just stayed on that path and probably just eat through life, man. Not, not even wanting to go out and take a chance or put anything out there. Cause I felt like it was all for nothing. You know, I felt like it, it was all just this big rat race that we're participating in for no reason at all. And I don't know, man, it, to look at me now to where I, I feel optimistic every day and like, you know, life is what you make it. Like you, you can absolutely thing. And it's, it's great to see you, uh, utilizing that on, on TikTok, man. I see like the songs you're writing and I see what you're doing and you have, you have the ability to change people's lives through that with your music. Um, and so like, I, I think that's awesome that you, you've come to this new reality and that you're, you're getting what you deserve, uh, in the, in the most positive way. If that, if that sounds right. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah, think what that, you're saying too about the rat race, it's like though we all have to participate in it, like the perspective that it's not that important is, is kind of something good to pull from that too. You know, thinking that that's the only thing that's important, but then coming through that and finding out that, you know, this experience and family is kind of like what what's made you whole. I don't know, man. Life, life is a, it's all one big test. I'm telling you, like it's it just, our, that's the way I see it for sure. It's, it's one big test. And if you can just accept that part and be okay with the, the free time in between, then you can have a good life, man. There's always going to be some kind of obstacle to get around something that uh, is going to get in your path. And that is going to test you. Life is going to test you at all times. And I think that's a big thing that I help myself get through everything uh by gaining you know what i mean by learning is that the test doesn't really mean that it's what it is you know it's just a little piece of it you know a little grade in between the rest of this stuff that's important and to not make it such a big deal you know just to kind of take things as they go and not focus so much on the right or what's happening right in this moment yeah dude and i'm glad that like all this has kind of turned that well that turned out that well for you and like, and I appreciate you sharing the story of like, you know, how facing yourself or facing that entity and like learning that has kind of changed you. And I definitely like in the future, uh, if you want to talk again, especially if you ever go back and visit that dude, I, I'd be curious to see what happens. Yeah. But if you don't, I totally understand that too. But yeah, I, I'm glad that uh, things turn around for you. And I'm glad you kind of uh, come out through that darkness and uh, found your way through. And again, it's, I think it's every one of these episodes has kind of turned into another advocate for like psychedelics as, as medicine and kind of like put, putting your, putting your brain sure. back together sometimes. For sure. Very therapeutic for most of the people that have talked about it. And even before you got on here, I was just talking to, to TikTok about how it does feel like it's a test. Even after you experience something like that, I think most of us feel like it is. Uh, when you see that there's more more to us internally and like metaphysically uh, than just the reality that we accept from just walking around in our flesh suits, right outside of ourselves and in, and see inside of ourselves uh, in those in those instances and sort of feel like you know there is more to this maybe maybe there's not but uh, even Nikola Tesla said this this Earth is a realm which is, is strange and goes against some of the principles that people like to accept in, in general scientific terms. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that, uh, there's, there's room and space for extra thought surrounding all that. And maybe it is all a test. I, I don't know. I, I get lost thinking about life and what it really all is, man. What, what, uh, we're really supposed to be doing. And 
I was like, that's that's kind of my journey in writing music and to reaching out. Like, I, that's the thing that I've loved the most about making a TikTok. Uh, I, I'm the type of person, man, I didn't ever have anything like that. Like, I've had my TikTok for maybe two months now. Um, I, I just did not get into stuff like that. I, I felt like so many people wasted their time on that. Kind of like an old man, all oh, your generation is always on their phone and stuff. That's kind of how I was. I, I always saw everybody, my wife, everybody was on the phone all the time. Like, damn, put it up. Let's spend time. But now that I have gotten on it and I can't tell you how many kids, you know, like 16, 17 year old, uh, that reach out to me and, uh, ask me for advice, man, or just tell me about something that's going on in their life. Like, trust me enough to, uh, to kind of open up to me. And, and you can tell it's, it's people that probably don't have anybody at home for them. And they were drawn to the character that I show or the part of my own character that I show on, on a TikTok and through the talks. And man, it, it shows you how beautiful life is. We're all too scared to, to lean on each other until we see that that person will accept it the right way. And that's the, the scariest thing about, about uh, doing even stuff like this. You know, dude, this could have went a thousand ways for me. I don't know you guys. I could have gone on completely ripped the whole time. You know what I mean? Like instead of having a good conversation and uh, finding the positivity out of every single thing, even the dark stuff and, and trying to find a lesson out of it and, you know, just different opinions that are, we're bouncing off each other. This is, it's productive. I love what y'all are doing. And I, I hope to see many, many more uh, episodes of y'all's podcast, man. I, I really like what y'all are doing here. Thank you, dude. I mean, I appreciate yeah. that. And I think, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that was the same <laughs> uncomfortableness for me where it's like, I, I have a hard time sharing. And I think that if I, I feel it's better if it's, if I'm sharing and it's beneficial to other people. So, you know, I feel like, you know, having you be able to speak and kind of tell your story might help other people. It might help you to kind of have your story out there and just kind of talk through it. And like, in the end, like we'll, we'll make sure that, you know, if you guys are listening, we'll have the links below. Uh, so you can check out Tyler's stuff on TikTok If you want to hear his music, yeah, uh, we'll can. make sure to plug you and, and get people and, and apparently, if you want to talk to him about some shit, he'll talk to you too because he seems like a cool dude so yeah, far. That's amazing <laughs> that you get to, to talk to, to yeah. people on there and help him, man. Like, go ahead and shout out your, I think it's uh, Pastime. Is that right? Pastime. Yeah, it, pastime. it is Pastime. T I M E. Follow Pastime. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Tyler, for joining uh, us today. Uh, and so we'll have his links below. Click on that shit, uh, listen to his music. Uh, but also, click all those buttons that say subscribe and listen to us because. Uh, we want to help out. If you want to be a part of this too, like Tyler did, uh, shoot us an email, shoot us, shoot us a TikTok, shoot us a Reddit. We're on all the things because we're trying to be social. So uh, hit us up there and uh, come talk to us and share your experiences and let's try and help some people and, and do the right thing. So, all right. Thanks for hanging out, Tyler. Yeah, thanks so much, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great night. All right, you too. too. We'll be in touch, man. All right. Later, guys. Bye.